This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest Liverpool.com podcast. I am Christian Walsh, and with me this week are Joel Rabinovitz and Dan Morgan. How are we, gentlemen? Very well, thanks. Why do we always say we're very well? Can, can we not? Can we not just be honest and say we're in the middle of a pandemic? It's thirty degrees outside, and actually, we're not. We're not very well. We're actually just about getting by. I kind of take it as a general question, you know, sort of a, a weekly question. So, in the context of the week, I'm not going to start burdening you with all my problems, Chris. No, the listener. So, um, and generally, I'm all right. I mean, it's hot today, but you know, that's my that's my sort of take on it. I'm generally okay, so I'll, I'll go with very well until I'm not. And when I'm not, there'll be 45 minutes on why I'm not. So. <laughs> it, feels the, it feels the polite thing to say, isn't it? Just going, yeah, I'm fine. Absolutely, yeah, For those of you outside of the UK um, who are listening or watching this on, on YouTube, um, it's absolutely sweltering here in Liverpool. It's absolutely sweltering here in uh, the United Kingdom in general. It's uh, it's it's a heat wave. Uh, I'm missing the aircon office. Um, I'm missing basically just being able to, to do something other than wear a pair of boxes uh, around <laughs> the house. So I have actually put shorts on for this record, and everybody <laughs> will be pleased to know. Um, and I'm, I'm glad to see everybody else is also fully clothed. Um, before we kick off with our, um, I suppose that you can call it a bit of a game. Uh, I'm sure the, the the players involved wouldn't see it as a game, but. Before we talk about our sort of transfer game for to, for, for, for this episode, just wanted to touch on something I saw on uh, social media last night after the. So I mean, we're just just for pure and utter sort of transparency, we, we are recording this on the Thursday, so the night after PSG versus Atalanta. This will be going out a little bit later in the week. I think it's going out at the weekend. Um, however, just wanted to talk about Thomas Tuchel, um, and ultimately, I just threw it out there on Twitter. That uh, you know Thomas Tuchel, um, you know sort of I don't really like him and I don't really know why, and I just had thousands and thousands, maybe an exaggeration, of Liverpool fans in my mentions, and then fans of Arsenal and City, and it was a real sort of bonded experience, sort of saying that they really don't like Thomas Tuchel. Um, so I don't know. I just wanted to, to raise this with you two guys. I mean, did, did, have you got an issue with Thomas Tuchel? I was glad when you pointed it out on Twitter because it's one of those opinions that you feel like might just be one of your own dislikes and you realise that thousands of other people have the same thing. Uh, I was trying to think about why it is. It's something to do with his face. You know, Everyone's got his face. When the camera zooms in on him and he's got his mouth wide open, he's screaming yesterday after the PSG winner. And it's just it's something about that aesthetic. I don't know, it's what he wears, the way he carries himself. I think you rightly pointed out it's something, especially from a Liverpool point of view, how he was in those two Europa League legs uh, in 2016 against us, especially at Anfield. He just seemed intent on sort of proving a point. And uh, yeah, a little bit sort of too big for his boots, I felt, at that point. Um, he, he kind of it was carrying that sort of the new Klopp label. In fact, he was trying to like play up to that quite a lot. Um and I think that's stuck with a lot of people since. I think that might be it. I don't think, I don't think he is the new Klopp, is he, at all? And I think that, that I think he was really, you know, sort of unfairly unlabeled, uh, unfairly labelled because, yeah, I think, in fact, in that 2016 game, you, you're watching the, 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 you know, the highlights from that and he probably saw that as a chance to step out of Klopp's shadow a little bit and obviously he's given it absolutely everything when a front three of Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, Marco Reus, and um, I don't even know who would have been on the... Uh, Mkhitaryan. yeah, of course. They all score, don't they? Um, and he's obviously given it the beans to Anfield because, you know, this this really good squad are picking up as a team that's got Colo Torre at the back and um, eventually needs Dejan Lovren just to head in the winning on the 94th minute. So, you know, yeah, it's it, it's just something that stuck. A lot of, a lot of things around Tuchel was, was to leave <laughs> his face. Um, I am no Peyton. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna get involved in that part of it. I don't. I don't have a problem with him. I, he, he, he sort of strikes me as the guy who I reckon if you see him on holiday, you'd be like, "Oh, what are you wearing there, mate?" <laughs> <laughs> Moody that. I know, you're like, "Oh, lad." Come on. So, uh, your wife decked you out in like a seventeen-year-old out there. 
Just the same as kids. And, uh, um, in, in a not very cool way. And I, I don't, I don't, I mean, he's not the first manager to give it the big one at Anfield, is he? Um, so, yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't really rub me up the wrong way in that sense. But if you want to have a conversation about Pep Guardiola or Erling Haaland, then uh, I'm here all day. Um, he, he looks like a classic movie villain i saw someone else say that and it is yeah there's something about that it just looks a little bit sort of sinister i can't put my <laughs> finger on it i'll tell you what we we've we've absolutely captured our market here haven't we <laughs> <laughs> just cycling through the blood red channel you know let's you know a nice bit of the agenda there with paul gorston matt addison a little bit of analyzing our <laughs> field with uh you know josh williams and david hughes and then is us talking about PSG's manager and his moody, moody rig out. Um, <laughs> so we will also talk very, very quickly uh, about the new night kit. Um, it's obviously been released today. You, you will have seen it. Uh, I'm not quite sure what colour they, they've, they've gone for in the brochure. Um, you know, I always miss the the, the the new balance, sort of toxic thunder and um, screaming or whatever they used to call them. Um, Joel, you like it. Dan, you don't like it. Yeah, I mean, I, I sort of judge everything on the the New Balance Orange kit from seventeen eighteen. Um, it's love that you know nothing will ever compare to, and therefore you wonder why you're bothering after time. So um, yeah, it's it's not a patch on that, but then again, not a lot of things are. Um, bold citrus, I, bold citrus. I, I, I mean, I just think I just think in general, they could have done better. It's not like they haven't had time to prepare this this sort of um, partnership with Liverpool and its launch and, and it, everything everything just feels a bit a bit rushed um, and everything just feels a little bit sort of half-hearted and yeah that that's including the kits for me I don't I don't particularly like both of them um, so I'm slightly deflated by what we've had from like so far I'm not I'm not impressed as as I'd hoped to be Joel just likes pretty colours. I like the colour, yeah. Uh, I think (laughs) with Liverpool kits in general, like there's only so much you can do to a home kit, really. It's all small tweaks year after year. Uh, They'll change the collar or put some pinstripes on it or Nike have done the the teal thing on the sleeves and the collar. Um, I thought the home kit was fine. Um, I thought it looks a lot better on the players than it does just in the general images, which is, is usually the case, I think. Once you see this awake it on Van Dyke, a lot more people uh, come round to it. Um, but yeah, the awake it is where you, you've got a bit more scope to do something a little bit funky. I think my favourite Liverpool awake kits are usually just when they invert the home kit essentially and just do a white kit with a bit of red. Um, I quite like last season's one, the plain white one, which I was looking this up this morning for a piece I was writing. I was quite surprised. Can you guess how many times Liverpool actually wore their awake kit in the league last season? So which one was the away kit? One was the white the one, white wasn't one. it? Not but yeah. because yeah, the the, the one, I reckon it was something like three. It was five, which is a five. lot lower than you think. Five yeah. out of thirty-eight games. I think they might have worn a black one more than that. So yeah, uh, yeah. If people aren't happy with this blue or teal or turquoise or whatever it is, the likelihood is they're not actually going to wear it that often. Um, and yeah, have you I'm seen the right league for the third one? The uh, the checkerboard. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit similar to um, yeah, it's very the uh, warrior one, warrior yeah. one, yeah, you know, Southampton goal. He yeah, just it in off the bar. I always yeah. remember that game, but yeah, it is what it is. <laughs> just a quick update on Thomas Tuchel. Um, guy has, has has dropped me a message and said, "I hate Thomas Tuchel." <laughs> I I irrationally shouted at the TV last night at him, and then was even uh, and that was even before PSG scored. Too smart, arrogant, and clever for his own good. Um, okay. Some put down there from Guy Clark. Absolutely. Not one you want. Absolutely. I bet he's dying to get on now and just sort of, you know, sort of going uh, two footers on Thomas Tuchel. Uh, we will move on to more pressing Liverpool matters, however. Um, and we want to talk about tears today, not tears in, in, in terms of the ones that we all cried after Crystal Palace in 2014, but tear as in a T I E R. Um, and what we're going to do is go through the Liverpool squad. Um, and there's a lot of talk at the moment about, basically, let, 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 let's not beat around the bush. Liverpool are going to be doing deals this summer. Um, a, a lot of it, I think, will revolve around the fact that 
it will come from player sales. Now, one of the big problems down here is that player sales at the moment are a little bit up in the air because nobody really knows what actual value looks like anymore and who has any money in this COVID society. Yeah, I think it's it's sort of... I think it's actually easier for Liverpool in the sense that they're not trying to sell a first-team player unless we sort of have a chat about Gini Wijnaldum. But as far as we would reasonably imagine, they're not trying to sell a first-team footballer and they're not sort of in any, any kind of... I get the, the, the buy-to-sell angle, but they're not in any kind of rush to buy, you would imagine. So therefore, they're not in any kind of urgent need to sell. So I think there's still an element of Liverpool holding chips here um, and being able to dictate. And sort of, you know, I'd, I'd imagine the chat around this sort of thing in, in sort of boardrooms and offices in Melwood is we sort of just sit back and see what type of market takes shape. Um, and if we still can't grasp it, then we just judge everything on its merits. Um I think it's interesting the sort of the snippets of briefs we've had. I mean, there was David Lynch in the standard the other day when talking about Ishmael Assar, and he says a similar thing about selling to buy, but he name checks specifically Gruich, Wilson and Shakiri. I mean, there's no mention of Origi in there. Um, there's no mention of other players who we, we might think Liverpool might look to move on. So I think Liverpool will be totally relaxed about this. I think they'll sort of have a... Let's see who shows an interest and let's see sort of what comes in. And if it's a case that, you know, it's it's another loan for six months to a year before we do sell in terms of players out, then then that's fair enough. But, you know, if, if there's a scenario, conversely, where they're left with four days before the window closing, you know, four player sales and the money they've wanted, then subsequently, as was briefed, there might be then a move for another player the likes of saw. Joel, it's 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 an interesting situation because nobody really knows anything at the moment. And, and I think, as Dan says there, sell-to-buy isn't really a, a fair way to assess this because they, they don't necessarily want to be buying and therefore they're under no pressure to sell. Uh, however, you know, do you feel it's important to, to kind of, because we will, you know, we're, we're putting these tiers together, do you think it's important for the, for the clubs to sort of have in the back of their minds who ultimately are the untouchables, you know, that they absolutely not in a million years Liverpool will ever sell these. And then it gradually starts to become likelier and likelier and likelier until we get to, and I'll explain the tears in a moment, but the if you put in a bid for them, they are gone to you. Definitely. I think it's funny to be having this conversation now because I think for, for so many summers that I can remember, there's always, you could almost make a case for nearly every player in the squad bar sort of maybe two or three individuals that if the right money came in you might consider doing something I think now you look at kind of what most people would consider the first 11 the Champions League 11 and like Dan says with the possible exception of Wijnaldum because of his contract situation you wouldn't even countenance it at all Um I think there are a few obviously you mentioned Grewich and Wilson there who I think if they get any sort of reasonable money this summer and quite what that is now, we're not quite sure. Um, but they will probably look to sell because it's hard to see either of them really having a role next season. I think you touched on Origi there. I think he is the kind of the really interesting one who sort of falls in between the two because I think he's one that pre this whole pandemic, I think could quite easily envisage a scenario where a club comes in with 30, 30 million. Maybe I don't think that's unreasonable given his sort of pedigree and the goals he scored and the fact he'd just be coming off winning a title for Liverpool, I think, adds something to his price tag. I don't think you get anywhere near that kind of money for Origi now. Um, I think with someone like him, it's going to come much more down to what he wants, whether he's happy to sort of do another season as sort of the handyman, basically, who comes in off the bench 15, 20 minutes mostly. Um, but he's not one that I don't think Liverpool will be actively looking to sell. I think if a club comes in and he's desperate to move, there might be a conversation. But I think he's should be sort of separated from the Gruwiches and the Wilsons um, at the moment. So these are the tiers um, we've come up with. Uh, so we will sort of come back to them throughout throughout the, the, the podcast. Um, but tier one is basically not in a million years. Never, ever, ever would Liverpool ever dream of selling these players. Uh, tier two, um, you're going to need a world record fee to pretty much persuade Liverpool to, to let them go. Uh, tier three is 
okay, tell you what, not for sale, but you know, we can be persuaded. Tier four is very much just we're listening. So go on, you know, tell us a bit more how much you're offering. Tier five is mm, not sure, but how about a loan and let's see how it goes. And then tier six is yes, 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 yes. Otherwise known as the Loris Carries tier. So <laughs> um, we won't go through everyone in the squad. I'll mention names and we'll sort of very quickly sort of say where they are in the tiers. But I do want to focus on particular ones because I think there is a real argument that you can put them in in, in particular tiers. And I think we will probably differ. Um, and we want you, the listener or the viewer, you know, as, as I said before, you can be listening to this as a podcast on the Blood Red channel. You'll be watching this on the Blood Red YouTube channel. Uh, so however you are consuming this, uh, let us know um, at liverpool.com underscore and, and, and tell us what you think. Um, we'll also be putting up a, a poll on the website and on our social, so you'll be able to uh, t- to give us your, your thoughts on, on all of this. Um, so just start rattling through. We will go from sort of top of the top of the squads to, to the bottom um, in terms of listings. So Alisson, tier one, nobody's arguing with that, are they? No. no. Uh, Adrian. Mm. Three. I'd say between three and four, probably three. Okay, yeah. you can be persuaded. There's no point um, in loaning them. No. Yeah, I'd agree with three. And I wouldn't be actively listening to, to offers. It's just, have we seen enough of uh, Keevan Kelleher, uh, with apologies for butchering his name there, um, to, to to step up? But Adrian, absolutely, you know, I, I keep him. I know a couple of people might be saying there, oh, Atletico Madrid, but, you know, ultimately, He's a number two. Uh, Loris Carius. Um, do we put him in a Loris Carius tier six? Yeah. Yeah. It'd be a bit silly if we didn't, wouldn't it? Um, I think people forget, actually. They'll probably get a fair whack for him still. Um, so, you know, five, six million. Hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not it's nothing to be sniffed at. They'll get the money back, you know, um, which is considering all that's gone gone on. It's, a, it's an accomplishment in itself, really. What are they? What, 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 maybe one of the biggest sort of seismic shifts came in a pre-season friendly at Tramia. Yeah, oh god, yeah. But you could write a book about that, uh, and maybe we I wrote, will. I, I wrote my first Liverpool.com piece on that. Really? That, that's I did, interesting. Yeah. I did, yeah, yeah. Let's that yeah. out. Yeah. Very on brand that sort of. You know, a year later, we, we still haven't really got over any of that, um, and ultimately. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm ripping into Loris Carius by putting him in tier six. Major <laughs> uh, Van Dijk, tier one. Yep. yep. Joe Gomez. He's the same for me. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, a bit of a, um, Joel Matip. This is the mm. first one I want to focus on. Oh, okay. This uh, is the one. So I'm interested to, to see what you, you gents will go for. Obviously, you're not getting a world record fee for him. But are you putting them in tier three or tier four? Or are you putting them in tier one? Don't mind me the definition of three, Chris, is that you would listen to offers, but you're not actively looking. Yeah, basically, you're going to have to twist that arm. And what's two, sorry? You need a world record fee. Yeah, so he can't be he can't be two. Um, I think he would have to be three. But you could make, I, in my opinion, you could make an argument for one based on the fact that we've, we've no Lovren now. And... We've just, you know, if we were to lose Matip, then what? And there's a dearth of centre backs in the game in general. Yeah, I think I'm with Dan there. I think pre pre love from going is maybe a conversation about three, but now I think they'd be crazy too. I think the only thing with Matip is you kind of have to separate Matip being available and the the reality of Matip. I think as far as third choice centre backs go, he's pretty much as good as you'll get in terms of a player who's happy to have that role and the quality you get when he does come in. I think my only real concern with him is the fact that when you need him, he's often not available. But I think yeah, for the situation we're in now, they're not going to go out and buy anyone better. So yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't be thinking about it. It's it's, it's interesting, isn't it? When you think about it, he starts the derby on the first game back. Mm. Straight now that, yeah. that doesn't. That doesn't say to me that it was sort of a rotational thing. That's after three months of no football and sort of you'd, you'd envisage, okay, there's a few sort of different things going on in that team, but Matip at centre-half ahead of Gomez just raised a little eyebrow to me at the time in terms of just what he can still offer and how he's still viewed. 
I'll tell you what's interesting in that context as well, Dan. If, if you remember, Gomez has a really poor start to that restart. Yeah. Um, you could argue for the until the last couple of games, he's probably one of Liverpool's poorest performers, if not the poorest performer. And um, obviously, he's been, he's been setting really high standards all season, but you know, you wonder if the, if, the, if if there is anything in that. I, I don't think it's as simple um, as Van Dijk one, Gomez two, Matip three. I think we're still in a situation where it's Van Dijk is is, is one, and then you've got two A and two B. Yeah. I agree. Um, uh, you know, I think we've said before, Matip. Is, is, is good in the air. I think he looks a little unorthodox at times, but he's good in the air, and I think you've got to be good in the air um, when you when you defend them for Liverpool because teams will be trying to sort of squeeze you, get you on long with long balls, um, and it's it, it's a big part of Liverpool's game how they turn the screw by by just winning those battles. Um, Gomez, incidentally, not that good in the air, and it's definitely something he can, he can improve. But I'd be putting him in in one, and I think this is something to mention with these tiers. You know, ultimately, I don't think you necessarily drop from a tier one to a tier three, uh, to a tier two. You know, as we've said there, you know, I don't think anybody would deny a, a world record fee for a matter. But at the same time, you know, maybe you could be persuaded. Um, so, yeah, it, it's an interesting one for me. Yeah, tier one at the moment, not in a million years. Um, even 80 million, what are you getting for 80 million? That might sound ridiculous, but then you're obviously possibly upsetting Joe Gomez. And I think you need that kind of... Mm. Realism that you you're not going to go out and get Koulibaly, and and, and you can't have three centre backs at the club Van Dijk, Koulibaly, and Gomez. It just doesn't work like that. Being yeah. the man, Koulibaly also plays on the left hand side mainly. So uh, yeah, I put him in tier one. Seb Van den Berg, um, don't know much about the the the, the, the player myself. I'd be tempted by five for a loan, but ultimately. Again, I don't know if they can they can afford to loan out centre backs at the moment. I think a loan might might actually help him. To be fair, I can't see him getting much sort of developed minutes around the first team this season. So um, maybe sort of getting him in the championship, not to be to be cliches with it, or you know getting him in in and around sort of top tier football in the in the in the country would would benefit him better than sort of another season in the twenty threes. I think so. He's a slightly different case to the likes of Nico Williams and Curtis Jones and Elliot, who you feel like have reasonable chances of coming off the bench in league games and starting cup games. I think obviously Van der Berg did get a few in the cups, and to be fair, I thought he did quite well against Shrewsbury in the second leg at Anfield. He was quite impressive that day, but I think looking ahead to next season, it would take a pretty disastrous injury crisis for him to come anywhere near the team. Um, so I think, yeah, if there was a, a lone move somewhere um, that he was keen on. I think that might be the best next step for him. Again, we'll always mention this. This is probably the seventh time I've mentioned it and we're only six pods into the Liverpool.com podcast. The reception he gets in New York is is, is incredible. <laughs> and it's just, just a moment in time um, that, that will never, ever be replicated. A fan base so desperate for, for, for some sort of... Uh, some, someone new to support... Seb van der Berg gets a standard ovation as he comes onto the pitch. Imagine what they would do segueing into Konstantinos Simikas. Um, <laughs> I, I assume he's tier one. Of we're, not, we're not selling him. That would be really, really weird. Uh, yeah. Andrew Robertson? Same for me. Yeah, same. same. Tier, tier two. I'm going tier two with this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, to be fair. Then, I mean, I don't know what a real record is for a left-back, but... But are you banking on Simicast to just be the number one or are you finding someone who's better than him? It's just, it's a lot of hassle, isn't it? It's a lot of hassle, but I reckon if you got an £80 million bid for Robertson, ugh, I, I'm sort of talking myself out of it as I'm talking there. Um, okay, I'll put him in tier one for now. But let's see no how... sure, There's no sure bet. No, that's the thing. You could buy that Reguilon from Real Madrid, but mm. he could just be another Moreno. You don't know. Ultimately, what's the point? Um, yeah. I just got. I had like an itchy football manager finger there. You know, when you just get bored and you just want to spend some money and you sell someone. Um, Trent tier one. Yeah, the most possibly the most tier one. I, I think absolutely. He, he, he is. I think he's one of the most tier ones in football. Yeah, unbelievably. Like it, it's so under the radar. Just sort of how much of a of a of a absolute megastar he is already. Like he's. He's sort of in the bracket of Mbappe, 
when you sort of put him in in terms of age and accomplishments and mm-hmm. competence, it's it's unbelievable that it's just sort of assumed that you know he's he's Liverpool's right back and yet he's he's very good. It's just it's incredible just how underrated he is actually. Absolutely, and, and as you say, I think it's the I think it's the age. I think it's the the, the look. You don't you don't keep players because they're marketable, but. He is ultimately, and I don't think he's going to carry Liverpool on his shoulders for for the next ten, fifteen years. I don't think, I don't think Liverpool is set up to be like that anymore. I don't think no. he's going to be Steven Gerrard, and I think that's a good thing. And that's not against Steven Gerrard. I think Liverpool now have a structure in place and a a culture where Trent can be Trent and be really, really good, and he doesn't have to feel that external pressure, especially now because the Champions League and the Premier League have both been delivered in the space of twelve, thirteen months. Um, you know, he won't have that sort of yeah that cloud over his head that that, that Gerard always did. Um, but if you're looking at the an ultimate sort of one club man can't sell him, he is absolutely Mr. Liverpool in the sense of everything that Liverpool do good revolves around him. It's you know, Trent's absolutely tier one and yeah, I'd, you know, put him alongside Mbappe. Um and, and a bonus that he's you know, he's local, he grew up in West Derby. He knows the city. He knows the people. He's he's a boiled red and all of that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, just wonder if there's a picture of him lurking in an Everton kit holding the charity shield somewhere. He's got a tattoo, an Everton tattoo on his arm. Yeah, the old the old, the old one. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Nico Williams. See, I, I think you'd be. I think it'd be daft not to put him in like tier two. If someone wants, if someone wants to pay a lot of money for Nico Williams, when you, I don't think he's as much of a sure thing as some of the, some of the other youngsters. No, it's just it's difficult to gauge what his level is or could be. I think that's why I'm struggling with it. I think I probably would say, I want to see another scene of him, basically. Yeah. So I, for now, I'd actually sort of open him up to a loan rather mm-hmm. than any kind of talk of selling him. Um, I don't think you get anything from selling him. I don't think you benefit anything from selling him, especially after this season. So, even even with ridiculous money, there's just no point. Um, because then the argument is, well, who's seeing something we're not? If we do, if we do go down that road, so maybe if you know Smikas turns up and in training, he, he's showing a, a clear versatility of being able to play both flanks, and they're happy with sort of Milner floating out there again. When he unlucky James, um, but yeah, he, I, I, I think you know, Nico Williams sort of doing a season at, at Brighton, for example, would be intriguing to say the least for me. Um, I'm, I'm not saying I'd encourage it, but I think if the right loan offer came in, I'd be, I'd be willing to listen. Yeah, I think, I think I go along with that. I think it all depends on the balance of the squad. Um, and I suppose it's. By the it, way, I think we you need wouldn't. Him next season, though. I just think for the same reason that we needed Timakas, I think you can't be asking Trent to do a mm. third season of playing basically every single game without any rest. When you look at. You, they've released the dates, not the actual fixtures today, but there's going to be a need for rotation. I don't think you can be asking Milner to play right back in this team that regularly. So yeah, I'd be wanting him to hang around unless someone's willing to give us 40, 50 million at this point, which I can't see. See, I think, but I think that's tier two. I think you're putting that in tier two. It's not necessarily a world record bid, but um, you know, it's ultimately we're going to give you a lot more money than we than we probably should do for this player. I, I, I'm just loving the, loving the conversation of, of Milner getting into Klopp's office and Klopp going, "I've got good news and bad news, James. Good news is left back sorted, no more. Bad news is you're playing right back for half the season. Um, he'd be absolutely delighted with that." Uh, Fabinho, Chamberlain. Right, well, we'll, we'll move on to this. We'll move on Just to throwing this. it out there. Right, Fabinho. Back. Sorry. Fabinho? Uh, no, number one. No, I think he's number one. Yeah. I think he's very hard to replace. Um, and here we go. Genie Wijnaldum. <laughs> this is the one. This is the one. Um, mm. I'm very interested in your thoughts. So, obviously, just to, just to recap where we're at, we don't know where we're at. Um, Genie Wijnaldum now has. 11 months left on his contract. It's starting to feel very, very similar to Emre Chan. The noise is coming out around Wijnaldum is that there's no progression with talks. 
you've obviously got this Tiago stuff floating in the ever, which really doesn't make any sense, but might kind of make sense if Genie Wijnaldum's going to be leaving. Joel, what, what, where are you with Genie Wijnaldum? What's going on? What would you do with him? Um, I don't want to lose him, put it that way. I think he's such a a difficult player to sort of analyse because in a sense, I would argue that he could almost start for any team in the world or rather he wouldn't necessarily oust some players, but if you dropped him into Bayern Munich or Barcelona or Real Madrid, he doesn't look out of place mm. at all. And yet there's no sort of defining asset that those clubs would look at and think, oh, we have to pay 40, 50 million for him because he doesn't score loads of goals. His underlying stats, there's not one that sort of sets him out above the rest. He doesn't get assists. I don't think he got in a single assist last season at all. Um, and yet he's kind of the most sculpted midfielder to what Liverpool do. Klopp's basically spent his entire time moulding one album into his kind of this sort of niche role, really, which is really difficult to define and, and takes a lot of learning um, for anyone else who tries to come in. So <clears throat> I'd like to see him sign an extension, um, but then you get into a conversation where if he doesn't want to do that for whatever reason, fancies a new challenge and feels like he's accomplished what he wants to at Liverpool, then you start to weigh up is it more advantageous to keep him for the season or take what we can now and, and not lose him for a free? Um, I suppose that comes down to what fee you're getting this summer. I can't see any club really coming in with mega money. I mean, I wouldn't be looking to sell him at anything like the price you probably get, which is, I would imagine, somewhere around, you're not getting more than 30 million probably at this point, which is what Thiago's sort of being touted at. Um so I've given a very long and convoluted answer there, but basically I'd like him to sign an extension and it would have to take quite a lot of money for me to want to sell him this summer, I think, is where I'm at. How about you, Sam? I think he I think he has to be a sort of a one for one type of deal if he does go. No, I I I I'm surprised sort of the the creative swap deal with Bayern hasn't been mooted. Whether Bayern would be interested in that is, is another matter. But you know, we've seen it with Pjanic. Um we've seen it with sort of, Yeah, we've seen it with sort of Hoiberg and Eric Walker Peters in separate deals that look very sort of balancing of books. Um by the way, Dan, I, I just Kyle Walker Peters, by the way. You, you, you've amalgamated a Stoke left back. <laughs> uh, no, no, he's a Burnley now, a Burnley left back in Kyle. Eric Walker Peters Stoke's <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a player he would be, by the way. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Fantastic. Um, yeah, so yeah, this, yeah, it would have to be a sort of a one-for-one feel for me. And, and even if it was a case that we, we sort of signed Thiago for 30 million, Wijnaldum, if it doesn't go to buy him, would have to go somewhere else for about the same money. And by the way, you know, let's let's have it right. If you if you're Barcelona.com sort of writing about the prospect of signing Gini Wijnaldum for two years, then I think you sort of, you find all kinds of exciting and creative ways to see him where he fits in that squad and that team. So every Liverpool player now in context of this game and and in general has a pedigree because they've won the the European Cup and the Premier League in the past two seasons. So every player comes with kind of a, you know, that kind of caveat that, that they... They are winners. They are bona fide sort of Jurgen Klopp players. So, yeah, again, like Joel, long and convoluted. I'm just—I don't know where I am with it, to be honest. I think I'm probably tier three. I yeah, think I think I probably am myself. Yeah, I think it's a case of look. Ultimately, let's say we we don't know what's going on with this Thiago stuff. It, 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 there's too much noise around Thiago for it not to have some sort of foundation. Not from a Liverpool end, just from a Thiago end mm-hmm. and a Bayern Munich end and and, and 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 that kind of thing. But ultimately, I you know let's let's dismiss the Thiago link for a moment. I think you're still getting a decent amounts from Wijnaldum, even if his contract runs down this season than the 20, 25 million that you might get for him. I, I just yeah. I just feel like you can't really replace him. And if you can't replace him, then don't sell him. And I think that's a big thing. I think you mentioned that with, you know, we mentioned it with Matip, just spoken a little bit about it with Nico Williams. I think if you can't replace that player, if yeah. you're visibly making that squad poorer, 
um, and you, you're not going to reinvest in with a player who's better, to be honest, because there's no point going sideways with a different player because you've got the whole idea of transitioning into a new side and settling in and that kind of thing. If you can't do that, then let's not do it. Um, no time I, to do that. They've got no pre-season exactly. to learn it. So. Exactly. Um, so I think, yeah, I, I, I'd be tier three, um, but I think it's it's one of those where you you know sort of take a decent bid to to, to persuade me that it's a good idea. Um, Nabi Keita, mm, two. I'm on two. Yeah, yeah. I think we're all yeah we're all in agreement there. He's 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 absolutely not dispen- indispensable, but at the same time, you know you're gonna have to really really. Interest Liverpool with a with a big bid. Um Jordan Henderson, I'm just gonna say a tier one, you don't sell the, the man who's listed the European Cup in the Premier League. Yeah, no. Yes, yeah, tier one. Alex Oxley Chamberlain. Two. Yeah, I think two. There's not a lot two. of point in selling him, but if someone offers stupid money, I think about it. I'd argue three. I'd argue oh. three, but again, it's 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 the same principle of is there, is there a player who's out there who's better? And probably not um, at the moment. But it, The other it, thing with that as well, Chris, is sort of how long do we have to wait for a player to understand what's required of them at Liverpool when they do come in? And that you can say that for all of these in terms of, yeah, we can replace him with X, but there's sort of, with everyone, there's sort of a six to nine month transitional period of just realising how hard this squad is to integrate into, even just in terms of training. You know, it's often referenced that the training is more intense than the games half the time. Look at look at Minamino, for example. It's it's taken him. It's almost sort of had a physical impression on him. He looks shell shocked half the time, just in terms of intensity um, on the pitch and, and stuff like that. So, yeah, I, I I just in terms of that alone, uh, there's a lot of people who are sort of having this Oxley Chamberlain conversation, and I think I actually think he's had a good season considering what he's come back from. I don't think there's been enough patience around him, to be honest. And I think he has shown that he gives Liverpool something completely different in those areas. And I think elements of his game are far underrated. So I'd be saying two. Yeah, I completely, just to build it, I, I think it gets lost that this is his comeback season after missing an entire year of his career, basically. Uh, he, he scores eight goals, which is the, mm. the most of any player in the squad outside the front three. That's in all competitions, but... Yeah, I think as well we can dismiss the idea of him playing in a front three and I know it's not ideal, but he can still do it and he's done it reasonably well on a few occasions. I think that's a valuable thing. And he's also at a good age. I think he's, is it 27 this week or something like that? He's going to be 27. By the time you listen to this podcast, he'll be 27. Yeah, so he's he's got miles left. Um, and yeah, I wouldn't be thinking about getting rid. Hmm. Okay. Uh, we'll, we'll do these sorts of quick fire these next couple um, because I think we can talk about some of these players in more depth on another episode. But uh, Marco Gruwich, I think this one is a simple kind of: do you loan him out again? Do you keep him? Do you sell him? What what tier are you going, gents? Any reasonable fee, I think I'd move him on. I think that's probably best for him. I think that's your tier four, isn't it? Yeah. Well, Chris, I'm just writing something as we speak on this. <laughs> I mean, unless you're going to do something wild and consider him as as sort of a centre-back fourth-choice option as well as sort of fourth to sixth midfield option, then, yeah, I'm with Joel for get get rid of the the right-offer comes in, whatever you deem the right-off to be. I think think if you can get decent money for him and Wilson this summer, that potentially unlocks one more big signing, whether that's Thiago or Saar later in the window. I think those two are key and I think, given that he sort of enhanced his reputation over good two good seasons in Germany, I think that's uh, something Liverpool should be looking at. Uh, Milner, I almost feel like there should be a separate a Milner tier because it's just kind of like, what the, well, you know, Lee's aren't bidding 120 million for him. One. One, he is, isn't he? You He's indisp- he is indispensable in the sense of the, the standards he drives up. You know, there's the whole Alana stuff around what he did in training and sort of how how much he kept standards up on a daily basis. And and I think Milner is 100% in that bracket. I think that's a big reason why they're looking at Thiago, to be honest. Um, so, yeah, for me, he is, he is pivotal, even if he only plays sort of 
40, 50% of games next season for whatever reason, having them in fit and training is, is going to be massive. Good social media content, so you can never underestimate that. No. Uh, Curtis Jones, one. Yeah, I'll say one. You don't sell your local scouser. Dan's, Dan's pausing. I'm going to say, so for all of these, Williams, Jones, Elliot, Brewster, I'm going to all put them in kind of a, a loan for type bracket. I can't remember which one the loan is. I think it is four, five. So I'm going to say that I'd be sort of open to not every single one of them, but a loan deal on each individual merit if it was the right deal. I don't think... I think Curtis is maybe the one who I'd, I'd sort of be a little bit hesitant with with that. But I think sort of... Would it would it weaken the squad immensely if if any of them went on loan? Probably not. And might might it benefit us in twelve months' time? Possibly. So yeah, I, I'm sure they're going to put all of those in that one bracket just to save a bit of time. <laughs> uh, always always looking to be uh, to, to be tardy, or, or what's the what's the opposite of tardy? Um, you know, sort of on time. Me, uh, it's too hot to, to have good language. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, Ovi Ajaria, six. I think uh, the guys are going to stand at the club. Well, it comes to transfermark.co.uk, yes. Oh, I had um, a big Ovi Ajaria there. I had a big Ovi Ajaria sort of, he's going he's gonna to make it. <laughs> campaign in 1617. Uh, in I'm going to keep quiet on that. I Good thought his loan deal was one of those with like an obligation to buy at the end of it. But yeah. It could be. Uh, we, uh, to be honest, I'm going to trust us over transfer marks. Take any I think money, he, basically, if he's still around. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It's he's, he's he's definitely on us. He's he's definitely not not anywhere near what Liverpool need now. Ben Woodburn. I'm going to be harsh and say six as well. Yep. Yeah, I think, I think the, so. the time has come. Um, okay, uh, let's have a little look. So we've got a sort of oh Shea Ojo. Are we going to put him in the same? situations (laughs) I think he's he's hardly played for Liverpool in the past twelve months. Um, yeah. I, I just I think I, I don't see where he fits in. I, I think he's ultimately he's probably impeding Harvey Elliott at some point, um, and he's probably on a sizable wages, which we could probably get off the the wage bill. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. With a, a hint of sadness because I just I'd really like watching him, but I think. It, more so than him not fitting the style of play, I think it's just his injury. He's barely been yeah. available all season. I think if you've got a squad player like that who's who, who can't get himself fit enough for the bench, then yeah, what's the point really? So yeah. So Tivokarini. Hmm. It's between three and four, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I think what you've got to remember is, is his contract length, the fact that he signs a new contract. Um, the fact that he is a European Cup winner in, in, in the truest sense of the word he's won a European Cup in the same way Mario Goethe has won a, a World Cup you know he, he was sort of a pivotal point of doing that um, for me this is almost entirely linked to what we would do with that supposed money if that yes. came in so if you're offering me right now Brewster comes back having had a really good loan spell at Swansea becomes an option through the middle so you've got Minamino, Brewster and Firmino can play the centre-forward role. You move Origi on, who basically only ever plays out wide for Liverpool, doesn't really start up front. And you use that money to get Asar in, who's younger, quicker, much more similar to sort of Mane and Salah in terms of play style and profile. That I would be all for. Um, but if it's just a case of selling Origi for the sake of raising some cash and not actually getting a replacement in, then... No, I think it's tricky for him as well because he's he's not a young kid anymore. I think he's he must be what twenty four, twenty five around that. Um, the guy's got to play football. I still think he's good enough to play for a, a reasonable Premier League or European team and score fifteen, twenty goals a season. All comps. He's not going to do that at Liverpool. Um, so yeah, it's very dependent on the size of the fee and 
whether Liverpool could go and buy a player who's better, basically. I wonder I wonder whether there's sort of a sliding doors moment with Origi if he does leave in that you know, him and as Joel says, for him and Shakiri to leave, you would imagine sort of that would open the door up to an Ishmaelia Sar. Now if Liverpool are then left with attacking options of Brewster Elliott, Sar, Minamino, then I would envisage with Brewster and, and um and Saar in particular that there would be quite a bit of, of change in the shape to accommodate more of a 4-2-3-1, 4-4-2 type of approach throughout the season. And I wonder if, you know, with that, Divock Origi's then just sort of sat in Italy going, nah, I was waiting around for that for two years. Yeah. Uh, he does he, he in a front two, doesn't he? He's, in a front two, he's, yeah, he's, he's sort of, you know, Everton at home type of, of Divock from this season uh, in, in the league where he was unplayable for a large chunk of the game. So... Yeah, I mean, th- th- there's nothing to say you don't have to you don't you have to sell him in in that context. For me, it would have to be kind of not a record bid, but a bid that sort of sharpens the, the jab of Liverpool um, and and sort of makes everyone sit up and take notice enough to say, oh yeah, we seriously consider this. I think it's tier three. Then I don't think it's taking a massive, massive, massive bid. But uh, you're looking at something like forty. Yeah, uh, which is is a very simplistic way of looking at it of course but you know sort of let's let's just play play sort of simple match for the minute and and something around there for me but um, yeah it's it's interesting because you know I think he's probably the the one where there's going to be a bit of interest around him this summer and it's it's, it's how how hard teams want to push Liverpool's resolve really Um, just really Really quickly, to be honest, I feel like there, there could be a separate pod on what we're about to touch on in a minute anyway. Um, Takumi Minamino, I'm putting him in tier two just because I think it would be absolutely hilarious if there was a £100 million bid coming in for him. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, let, let's be kind to him. He's absolutely, you know, nobody's listening to any offers. He needs more time. I've looked at Manny, Salonen and Firmino together, and I think that there's probably a, a pod at some point um, discussing about these as, as, as a trio you know, what they've, what they've achieved, but also what comes next and where we see them going in the next couple of years. And I don't necessarily mean that as into what club, just how do they evolve at Liverpool or, or elsewhere. Um, I don't know if you want to sort of lump all of these together for the tier, gents, or if you want to sort of go separately. Personally, I, I've got different thoughts, but I'll go really, really quickly. Uh, I go Man A1, um, Salah and Firmino 2. I think they're all one. I think they're all one, and I think sort of that conversation that you're having and your mindset, which I'm completely sort of, you know, not on board with, but open to, um, I think that sort of maybe comes in 12 months. Yeah. I think then you really start drilling down on sort of how these players develop with age, what kind of players they become with age, um, and then more specifically and more maybe ruthlessly, I'll look at longevity. But for now, I think they all have to be considered as... I mean, they are in many ways the epitome of what this Liverpool side is, along with the likes of Van Dijk, Trent and, and Alisson. So, yeah, um, I wouldn't be entertaining anything. You know, you could you could offer me all the money in the world for all three and I'd say no, personally. I think How I about you, Joel? Yeah, I think I'm on a similar page. Uh, especially this summer, I think they've all got at least at least another very very good season in all of them. Um, I think as well, there's the whole thing. If you look at kind of the top scorers across Europe um, this season, a lot of them, if not most of them, are sort of thirty plus. I think we need to sort of get out of the mindset that just once a player reaches thirty, that you have to start kind of considering yeah. kids. I think these guys have got. They're all 27, 28 now, or will be 28 by the start of a new season, if not already. They can, kind of injuries aside, I think, go for another three years minimum at this level. Um, there maybe comes a point when one of them, if like Firmino's legs start going at some point, he's had a lot of miles on the clock, um, then you start to think about it, but not now, because you could sell Firmino now and buy a player who scores twice as many goals, maybe even three times as many goals, but then you've got to completely revamp the entire way of Klopp's built this team up from the ground. So 
no, right now, I think maybe next summer there's a bit more of a conversation, but even then, I still think, no, it will take a lot, a lot to uh, even com contemplate it. I think we'll definitely do that as a deep dive for, for an episode at some point mm. soon. Um, just because looking at it, you know, they're all 28. Um, they all go out of contract at the moment in 2023. Um, hilariously, transfer marks, you know, sort of have Salah and Mane, and their, their estimations are always sort of, I don't know how they, they make them, but they've got them exactly as the same in terms of valuation. Um, so, you know, I, I think there's, it's a really interesting, it feels like they almost all come as a free, so I think we should strip them down, not, I mean, metaphorically, not literally. Um, although, goodness, you know, Firmino probably was anyway, he's absolutely fine with that. Um, we, we sort of properly delve down into into them individually and and what the future looks like. However, that is the uh, the, the the tier game, if you will, that is uh, completed. Um, I think I think what what is interesting there, just just to wrap up, is that there's a hell of a lot of tier ones. <laughs> I think yeah. that just shows how strong Liverpool are. Dan. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think just on a separate note, we've all earned a, an ice cream from from that endeavour in this seat. So yeah, well done, everyone. Absolutely. Um, make sure you're sort of getting your air, gents, um, getting your ice creams. Uh, do, do, do you get vegan ice cream, Dan? Yeah, you can do, yeah. You get vegan Ben & Jerry's, not to sort of name check. Um, yeah. other, other brands are available. Um, other brands are indeed available. Right, thank you very much for joining us this week. Uh, we will be back next week um, over the over the transfer window and obviously the, the, the season is going to be starting in a, in a month's time. Um, so, you know, please keep on subscribing to the Blood Red channel. Um, please subscribe to the YouTube channel as well. There's some really, really excellent videos on there as well as just watching us and other shows such as Analyze and Anfield, The Agenda and, and the main Blood Red show as well. Um, so, you know, please, please get subscribed and please tell your friends. Thanks very much for joining us this week. Enjoy the sunshine. Get the aircon on. Have your ice creams. Have a lovely weekend. You've been listening to the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo.